Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, any day, actually. Get the explosive tabletop fantasy audio with Battle Bards. <laughs> this is how you werewolf. How? This is how we werewolf. <laughs> Be a pussy, sign up with Battle Bart. Listen to this motherfucker roar! Listen to this motherfucker sing! You're not gonna get this type of audio from a third rate bitch ass site, so go to BattleBards.com. When you buy a $10 or $20 package, use MFGCast1 to receive one free track of purchase. Use MFGCast2 with your $50 and $100 purchase to get five free tracks. Use MFGCast3 with your $150 and $300 packages to get 10 free tracks. So go to BattleBards.com now and we'll punch you in the balls or in the vagina. We're not sexist. BattleBards! This is MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. And Mike. And welcome back to another episode of the wonderful, the amazing, the wonderful, the amazing I can't. I was trying to think of something else and I can't. It's the MFG cast. We got another regular episode for you. Um, we're gonna be talking about top ape theme parks from any game. We're gonna talk about either board games, RPGs, video games, maybe someone else will come up with something sneaky. Let's hope so. But before that, uh, a couple of things I want to remind you. Uh, we've got some awesome news. Uh, Taco from SO1KS Gaming is going to be a monthly contributor for us. So we're calling it the Taco Stand. Oh, isn't it so amazing? And every month he's going to um, have a little, t- have his uh, take on gaming and stuff like that. It's nice to have somebody that he's, I think, is a little more into the behind the scenes in gaming and knows a, a little bit more about the ins and outs of the gaming industry, so it'll be nice to hear what he has to say, and we are very thankful to have him on as a contributor. Um, this month, we put him on, and he decided to talk about the Gamma Trade Show. So it's talking about all these, basically all the all the main companies get to flaunt what they're going to have for 2016 and what, what they're... And he kind of talked about what they're excited about, and he got excited about it and got us excited about it. The big, th- One of the big things that is so small but so awesome, and I love it, is that Legendary is coming out with their own, what do you call it, not boxes but containers or whatever you want to call it. Storage. F- storage, yes, that's it, for Legendary, which I'm like... Finally, Finally, you know, I mean, come on, you know, we don't need all like a million of these, you know, pack boxes that we can't fit all of our stuff in. It's nice to have. I know that Broken Token does some stuff and you can probably find some, you know, Plano containers and stuff like that. You can throw all your stuff in, but 
it's nice to have uh, something that they're going to make for their product, and hopefully DC will do something for theirs too. Now, is it going to be like a hundred dollars for the storage solution, or <laughs> you know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get any specs on it, but I have a feeling it probably won't be too expensive. I wouldn't think. But then again, it is Upper Deck, and Upper Deck can be kind of pricey, mm -hmm. so you never know. Well, I don't know if you saw uh, the Pathfinder Adventure Card game. They have yeah. like this special carrying case, like it's gonna be like you know multiple pullout drawers, and you can it has a strap to carry it. That thing is gonna be fifty bucks. Oh wow! I can buy the Pathfinder Skulls and Shackles game for thirty dollars at my local <laughs> gaming store. That's a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. I I can understand like it. If, is it going to be, is it wooden? Is it plastic? What What is it made out of? It's $50 and the game is $30. That's, that's my point. Dan, that was not my question. If it's... Dude, I can't think of anything you can buy where the protection for that costs almost twice as much as that thing. Like, what are you protecting it from? If it gets destroyed, buy a new one. It's $30. <laughs> I understand, but if you're if you're talking about wood, wood costs money, man. I mean, come on. It's like that hard, like, you know, it looks like that hard cardboard. It has, like, you know, the Pathfinder logo on the front and a magnetic oh. shut case. Okay, Ooh. so, yeah, see that? Now that <laughs> seems like a ripoff. Yeah, yeah, so... But anyway, so there's there's a lot of stuff to be excited about, and we're thankful that Taco is going to be on to help us out. Okay, so enough for me BSing. Let's actually get to the podcast. Did you have something, Dan? I look like you were itching. This. I gotta ask you that intro song for Battle Bards you had on the last episode. Please tell yes. me that'll be available on iTunes soon. <laughs> you know what? Who knows? If enough if enough people are excited about it, then maybe we will. I had to laugh because, uh, yeah, I had to laugh because uh, as, as soon as I played that for my son, he was, all of a sudden, he's Mr. Beatboxer now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I was like, this is just, I was just doing it to be silly, but he's just, he thinks it's just the funniest thing, so. Okay, so, we're going to be talking about top eight theme parks. Um, as you can tell, we've got some guests on today. Uh, once again, we have Dan and Kim from GNU Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. No problem, man. Yeah, you bet. And we've got we've got two old bees, but now we have a new bee. We've got Ray Hutchins from Tales of Cardboard. Ray, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Ray. So we're gonna put you through the ringer here. So we like to talk about where you started from in gaming through the years until now. So why don't you just give us a little bit of background? Sure. Um, let's see. I think my earliest gaming was uh, playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons with my brother and uh, some of our friends, and we pretty much played that to death. And uh, how, how old were you when you started? I, I was probably about 12. Yeah, and uh, we played a lot of that. We played a lot of uh, other RPGs that came out. Um, we dug out some old stuff like Boot Hill. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that Old West RPG. Um, and, uh, yeah, so mostly just RPG for, uh, the good, a good first 10 years anyway. Um, and then sort of walked away from gaming for a while. And, uh, my wife works at a high school and people started talking about, uh, Settlers of Catan and somebody flipped a table over Agricola and, uh, <laughs> seemed like something that sounded interesting and uh, we just started from there and 
you know, started playing Settlers of Catan, got seven wonders pretty quickly after that, and really loved that game, still do, and uh, have just been playing since then for a good number of years now. Wow, nice. Um, so, I know we've talked about it in the past, but, well, I've talked about it in the past, you haven't, but you have a website, Tales of Cardboard. How did that come to pass? Well, my main job is writing, um, and for a while I was writing a lot of comedy and really loved the board gaming stuff and started listening to all of the podcasts and following people on Twitter, and I thought, well, you know, what would be fun to do in this realm, and so sort of hit upon the idea of, you know, combining writing with something funny about board games. Everybody in board games seems to have a great sense of humor, most people anyway, Um, (laughs) but... uh, and. It just just started throwing some stuff up there. It clicked pretty quickly and uh, and just kind of took on a life of its own. It's all very funny. So if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, check out talesofcardboard.com. It's fun stuff. We've used it on the podcast. I think we're going to probably do it a few more times with Ray's permission. So it's good stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is um, nothing that I think is funny really resonates. And then the stuff I don't think that's funny, that is really very funny, everybody loves. So I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's usually how it works. Yeah. All right. That's great. Okay. Well, since we got through introductions, we're going to go into now playing. Now playing. All right. We're going to start with the newbie. Ray, what have you been playing right now? Uh, you know, we just broke out uh, Lewis and Clark Expeditions, which is the first Lewis and Clark that came out, um, which I think a lot of people describe as a racing game, which is to us feels really a lot more like a, a deck builder where the the track is the racing track is really just the score track. But it's really uh, it's got great artwork like Lewis and Clark Discoveries, which came out recently. This came out a while before that same artist. Um, We've been playing a lot of that. It's a you know hand management deck builder, but the, you have to power cards with other cards in your hand, so it's a lot of tough choices, and with a little bit of worker placement thrown in there too. That actually sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's really it's good, and it's good with a lot of different player counts. You know, we, from two to four, it's really good at all different player counts. Very nice. Very nice. What else? Um, Aquasphere. Yeah, it's heavy, or I don't know, we kind of steered away from it because everybody was saying how heavy it was, but the, I think Rodney on Watch It Play did a did a how-to-play video, and I realized that the mechanics aren't heavy, it's the strategy that's pretty heavy, so we've been playing a lot of that, you know, pretty pure worker placement, little programmed movement kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um... It's funny that you say that because I, I've been thinking about that because lately we've been getting a couple of games that... Or seem to be the heavier games that you know take. You know when you see the box, it already says two hours. And when you see, as a as a younger person, you don't see two hours. You see, okay, fun. This will take up our time. When you see two hours as an older person, you think, oh my god, I do not have enough time for this game. You know, we need a weekend night for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a weekend game. Though I think I think when we play it with two, it's. It's about an hour and 15 minutes or so now that we kind of have it going. We know how to play it quick. It goes pretty quickly. Cool. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, you know, I think the only other thing that, that's been hitting the table quite a bit recently is The Grizzled. Ooh. I've heard everybody's been talking great about that game. It is really, it's kind of, I don't know, 
if they'd appreciate this description, but it's kind of like Hanabi on steroids because you you can't talk about what's in your hand. You can see your own cards, but you can't talk with each other about what should be played next. And so there's a lot of sort of dirty looking across the table and why did you play that? But it's got great artwork. The theme the theme is really good. It's a little dark. You know, it's a bunch of guys trying to survive trench warfare. Um, but it's a great game. Very nice. Just cool. out of curiosity, have you had any success with it yet? Like, have you won the war <laughs> or have you just perished in flames? <laughs> That's a great question. No, we haven't won yet. <laughs> it's uh, It's definitely a hard game. And we, they suggested not using a few cards when you first play it. And we were like, ah, yeah, we got this. But we, we have yet to win. Yeah, the traps, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm shocked. Like, um, a few of our friends from our group have tried it lately. And uh, our guy Steve actually said the exact same thing. It's Hanabi on steroids. But they just, I don't know, it's weird. Like, they didn't really seem like they enjoyed it. I'm like, you know, like, well, it's war. It's not supposed to be easy, guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. I'm like, it's fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On top of it, the production's just—it's great. Cool Mini or Not did a really good job with a non-miniature game. Like the artwork's great, the components are all great, everything's nice and chunky. The cards are really good quality, so it's fun to play. And and it's fairly expensive, fairly inexpensive too, which is always good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say I forgot that they can make a game for under a hundred bucks for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know what games you're buying, but you know. Well, I'm saying like Arcadia Quest, hundred bucks. Zombicide, hundred bucks. You know, it's it's kind of like one of their staples, yeah. as of late. But yeah, yeah. Grizzled is, uh, and it, and it looks really nice. It is like really interesting art. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dan and Kim. Well, let's. I'll start with Kim first. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, because Dan listens to a lot of podcasts, and usually that's where we get. Uh, ideas to buy board games, a lot of board games, um, we actually got Through the Ages. I really like that, even though uh, I'm not very good at it, because the score can go from, like, zero to, what was it, like, 500? 200? Yeah, the, the score track is really high. Um, the first couple of times you play the game, it, it is a little relentless, and yeah. if you made a mistake, you pay for it forever. I would get stuck in the 20s, and he would go past the 100s. <laughs> so it would be really bad. But um, I actually like it, though, because you're building stuff, and you can um, you like gain resources with your buildings, right? Yeah, it's like uh, one of the civilization-style yeah. buildings. Oh, and then you can fight your opponents, but we never really got into the heavy uh, player versus player attacking. Yeah, like two player is a pretty decent game, but you don't like ever really need to build up your military because if your opponent's military is sixteen, as long as you have seventeen, you're winning forever. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's tough with those kind of games because it's like yeah, yeah, it's like you don't have to plan for any any you know. I'm trying to think of what what I'm trying to say. It's like like an unforeseen event. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly you know. It's like you. It's always out there and you know. So it's like sometimes I I wonder with some of these two player games if it's like okay you know does it really need to be a two player game or do, you know can it be a three player game or you know you know I I wonder if these if some of these companies just make it a two player game because they know there's there's you know a lot of people that do play two players even though maybe it it's not. It, at its best as a two-player game. So, and um, also, uh, 
I don't know if you guys heard of this, the new thing to hitting a lot of uh, game shops is Force of Will. It's like a, uh, it's like an easy magic, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, you guys talked about, you guys talked about that before, about that we should get into that, and I've, I've been wanting to get into it. I, when we were at the, uh, our local game store the other day, I was gonna, I was gonna ask about it, but then we ended up getting something else, but, um... Eventually, I think we we should we should check that out because me and me and Mike have been talking about trying to get back into more. Uh, we've been playing a little bit more Magic and stuff like that. Um, wanted to get into Force of Will and also trying to check out like Dragon Ball Z just because I haven't checked that out and I thought it'd be fun to fun to dip our toes in that to see what that's all about too. Yeah, and like right now, Force of Will is uh, inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really have a Jace in the set where you know Jace costs like. 100 or so dollars, 200. You don't really have cards like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's um, like my favorite part is uh, you can make decks pretty cheap, and like even making a competitive deck compared to Magic is way cheaper. So if you're looking for a game that'll keep you under a certain price point, it's a decent way to go. Yep, that's always good. Especially with the collectible card games, that's that's tough to do. Yeah, because at times, like it gets unholy, you know, like you're selling, like you know, your blood on the streets, you know, <laughs> you're th you're threatening to like kill your neighbor's husband just for five hundred bucks because the new set's right around the corner and you have to get ready for the pre-release. Yeah, yeah, I've I've known a couple of the local game stores here in town. Um, one game store and then one of the comic slash game stores have actually gotten robbed of magic cards. So, yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> Don't we have anything better to do? I mean, really. Was the, uh, the robber, like, either, like, you know, incredibly short or, like, morbidly obese? He's like, give me all the <gasps> cars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Dan, what about you? First of all, that's an awful stereotype of Magic players because I used to play Magic, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, hey, there's... Believe we me, all know. Yeah, there's that guy. There's every. There's everybody. Um, I've been playing a lot of Oh My Goods lately. What's which, that? It's actually really awesome. It's another one of those small box games. It's going for like about fifteen to twenty bucks. Basically, your cards. It's like one of the games where the cards are everything. They're the resource and the buildings and the timer and all that. Oh. So basically, the way it works is, uh, you all start out with like a worker, and you have like a little charcoal uh, place. And as you create things, like you'll build new areas like granaries and uh, cattle ranches and lumber mills. And basically when you produce goods, you're just putting the cards face down on top of those uh, buildings. So like at your charcoal burner, charcoal's only worth a coin a piece. So every card on there is worth one, one buck. But if you build like a, uh, a bakery, every card on there is worth four, uh, four coins because, you know, food is more valuable. So you're basically converting goods and then chaining together things so if you have a granary and a bakery you can produce more baked goods because you're supplying your own grain and it's a really cool uh game it looks almost like a ua rosenberg but it's not um i can't remember who made this one but the art is really nice the style is fun and there is a shit ton of game in that little box i think we've played it about a dozen times so far and uh and on a side note george has been stomping everyone in this game and we just don't know how <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's undefeated and uh you know but it, it's great because like and the game plays pretty fast too even at four players it takes us like about 20 minutes 25 minutes oh not bad yeah um it's from lookout spiel um it's sometimes a little hard to find but if you find it in your local gaming shop like i know online it came in and sold out twice 
But if you get a chance to pick it up, it's very cool. We got that. We got our uh, Kickstarter of Primetime in not too long ago. Um, we only got to play that once, but it was pretty cool. It's like um, it's a board game about like running your TV studio. So, uh, you know, you're hiring actors, and when you're hiring the actors, it's like a bidding mechanic. So it's really fun for any time you just get crazy cutthroat and throwing tons of money at somebody just to, you know, get that talent. But it's pretty cool. Like, you're putting together your shows, you know, like, booking your TV listings for the week and just trying to, like, rake up, you know, the most victory points. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then uh, on the only other thing we've been trying out lately is... Uh, I started finally working on like my own kind of game and uh, so like we just like a lot of our game week in the last like week or so has been just like trying to like fine-tune some stuff and work out some things that's the photo I sent you the other day yeah and uh, once I get a few more finalized ideas to it I'm gonna try to start like posting some uh, pictures on Twitter just to see what people think of the style very cool yeah it's it's uh I mean it's kind of fun to like you know make your own game even if you just go like oh you know uh, like, I, I like, uh, you know, Caverna, but I, I wish there, you know, there was, like, a monster deck in that game. Just make a monster deck and add it onto Caverna. It's, you know, mm -hmm. start simple. And uh, if there's something you always thought a game would be better by having, try it out. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it always works Works the, works the both sides of the brain, which is it's always good. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and one last note, uh, a shit ton of EDF on the PlayStation 4. It's basically just a mindless run-and-gun shooter. It's like giant insects. It's like kaiju beasts, all this stuff like that. And uh, you can play this game for a 1,000 hours. And it's just like one of those uh, Japanese grinders where you're constantly maxing out like new weapons and upping your max life and things. And uh, if you ever just love mindless destruction, EDF is the way to go. Nice. No, what is. does that stand for? Earth Defense Force. Okay, go. gotcha. Yeah. And and if you want the ultimate in Japanese titles, it's like Earth Defense Force 4.1, the shadow of a new despair. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that doesn't sound Japanese at all. But it's one of the few games that you can actually sing war, like, war tunes with your soldiers as you're running into battle, which is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Nice. Cool. All right, Mike, what about you? Um, we played a lot of things kind of that we played before, it seemed like. Yeah. We played Pathfinder, Rise of the Rune Lords this month. And we sucked at it. And we got <laughs> destroyed badly the first time we both lost our characters, then tried to go back through it again. Kurt died that time again. <laughs> yeah, we just, we stunk it up. We lost the third time again, but we both survived at least. Yeah, so, well, at least we didn't die. Yeah, so we haven't been back to that yet. <laughs> Who are you guys uh, using, by the way? Uh, I've got the warrior right now. I died with the cleric. Yeah, and then I think I'm the rogue now. You're the rogue now. You and died I with the bard the, bard the second time. Oh, God, he's worthless. And I don't remember who you were the first time. Yeah. You were the the um, guy with the crossbow. I know his name's Harsk. I can't yeah. think of what class he is. Yeah, I can't remember is, either. Is he, I don't think he's a ranger. I don't think he's a ranger either. Something else. I yeah, know. I don't remember. But anyway. But yeah, so... It, it, we're we're stuck at a part. Well, what we what we found out is that we skipped ahead one level or one yeah, campaign, one, basically. Not one or campaign, one, but we'll just one mission. One so mission. It's not. It shouldn't be that much harder. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out someday yeah. when we get just, back to it, <laughs> like in a year, yeah. and then we don't remember how to play the game again. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, we 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 just decided to keep pulling this game out. We're like, we're gonna play through it. We're gonna get it. You know, we're gonna do it, and we just. 
kept sucking. So we're like, all right, we'll go, we'll come back to it again in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, we also played, as you said before, we played Magic again, which mm -hmm. is, it's fun to get back into, because mm -hmm. that's been a long time. It seems like it's been over a year since we had played that. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. finally got back into it with some of our decks, and it was just, it's fun to, you know, we're, we remember things well enough that it doesn't take long to play. Yeah, so. yeah, which is always good. Um, we played the DC deck building game. I don't remember which expansion you got now that we played, <laughs> but... We played the Watchmen Yes, mini expansion yeah which is awesome yep that was fun um we played the ghostbusters board game yeah which we're going to be doing a review of this month yes um which is also fun mm -hmm. um we'll talk about that in the review uh and we also played i don't remember what it's called but it was a game about paintings starving artist <laughs> there you go yep from uh, fairway three games which is coming out on kickstarter in april we'll do a We'll do a um, Kickstarter spotlight for that, too, and that was super fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was very different than anything I think we've played before. Mm -hmm. um, and really cool that they used all this artwork, like old-school art, and yet I think there was three paintings in it that I actually knew. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. but very famous artists on yeah. all these paintings. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you can kind of learn stuff with this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So. The, 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 art is, the art is awesome on the cards. The the cubes that you use for the colors for the paintings are nice and bright, kind of like your, kind of like Pandemic, you know, very nice bright colors on the cubes yeah. and stuff like that. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it, we, we'll talk about it during the spotlight, but I mean, basically what you're doing is you're just, you're trying to you're trying to paint your paintings. You're trying to, but yeah, basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you know, collect these these cubes for the paint. You're trying to paint on your paintings, and every time you paint a painting, you basically sell it for money so you can have money to eat. Basically, so you're trying to not starve. And then the first person, first person to starve, there's basically five spots. You can only go higher than five, and if you get lower than the one, then you starve and you're out of the game. Depending upon how many paintings you have, is who's the winner, and it's very, very, it's very an eclectic and different kind of game that I've never seen. So I'm mm -hmm. excited for it to come out. Uh, let's see. Other than that, that's all I can think of for board game type things. Other than that, I've been playing a bit of Grand Theft Auto Five still. And then um, Lego Dimensions, I actually picked up the Ghostbuster level pack. Nice. And then um, just this last week, that Midway pack came out. Oh, sweet. Um, and I went to Shopco. I don't think you guys have Shopco out that way, but uh, they messed up royally. <laughs> they had it marked down. Normally, the level <coughs> packs are $30. They had it marked down to $14.99. Wow. And then when I checked out... Because it was 50% off, it was $6 off of that. <laughs> so it was a little under $10. Wow. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey. that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Well done, Shopco. Yep. So, no wonder they're in the crapper. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, that's been really fun just because it's got those old school games. You know, you get, like, the first one that you get to play is Spy Hunter. You know, you have to, like, get a certain amount of points in it. And, you know, it's... I think there's 24 different classic Midway games that you get to play, but then there's, you know, actual Lego levels with that type of stuff, too. So it's really neat. That's awesome. So, yeah, and that's all I can think of. So Very nice. What are you playing? What am I playing? Hmm. Well, we've talked about some of the things that we've been playing. A couple of older games that we've been getting out to play for my family. Um, we just... 
Um, pulled out Red Seven again to play that. Um, gosh, that game was so much fun. It's it's a, it's a it's a challenge, but it's you know cheap, easy. I really love it. Yeah, I always feel like I have to double check before I put any card down in that game because I <laughs> it's like I look at everybody else's hands and where are we currently and is this higher than that one? It's a real brain burner for a card game. Yeah, it really is. We've we actually have our five and a half year old play that game with us, and I'm like, I'm surprised you can do it because I, <laughs> I can't, I can, th- I can only think like two moves ahead. I can't even think past that. You know, it's like, by the time I put down a card, I'm like, oh shit, I should have not played that card. I needed that card for later. You know, <laughs> oh. at five and a half, your brain's just like clear though. You know, it's not cluttered with all the other stuff in life. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He's got a, he's got he's got a lot of stuff he likes to talk about. So I'm surprised he's got anything left in there. What else have we been playing? Yeah, a lot of DC deck building. Uh, my wife just really wanted to go through the crisis packs for DC, so we played the first and the second one a ton, and sucked a ton. Uh, the last time we played, we actually got a lot farther. I think we ended up being beating four crisis and three of the supervillains, which is Pretty good for that for the crisis. Um, played the played the Watchmen pack. Uh, tried to finish up <laughs> my Xbox 360 version of Fallout uh, New Vegas. Um, thought I was going to be at the end and f- and realized I still have like ten more hours of shit to do. <laughs> so that's exciting. <laughs> um, and then I haven't told Mike this yet, but um, for a gift for. For me and my wife, we decided to grab Pandemic Legacy. So we've pl- gone through January, sucked balls in that, and so we're on to February and hoping that we will just completely die. So, yeah. I And it sucks because you want to talk about that game, but you can't. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like forever spoilers. You can't ever talk about it. Unless it's somebody you know that's played it and you can actually converse about it, so. Yeah, I've got the rule book uh, on our table and I've been looking at it, but I'm not great at regular pandemic and it's like, well, you can lose one month twice and then you have to open this special box. So I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, believe me, Ray, it does not make you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like It's like we were talking about, it's like you guys were talking about there before. It's like, it's pandemic. You're you're supposed to lose, basically. You know, it's just gonna. I mean, I know you can win, but I I don't I don't see me ever being playing a pandemic game where I ever truly win. So so yeah. So that is now playing. All right. So we're gonna get on the topic of top eight theme parks that we that we'd like to see as games. Well. There's been or the other way around, right? Yeah, the other way around. Whatever. Games we want to see <laughs> as theme parks. You confuse me every time you've said that. I know. So I, I know. That's how my brain works. It works wrong. Okay, leave me alone. Okay, so it's top eight board games we like to see as well games, games. we like to see as theme parks. It could be anything from board games, video games, RPGs, and other stuff. I've had some questions from Mike and from Dan and. We were talking about, you know, okay, well, you know, how do we qualify it? Is it stuff that we want, you know, for it to be like a for real thing? If it's, you know, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin any of the things that I talked about, but it's like, you know, you don't want to have like a, you know, a for real horror park if it's going to be, you know, you know, scary stuff that'll scare kids away from it and stuff like that. But 
Um, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, so as from, uh, from the people that have listened to the podcast, the people that haven't, uh, what we like to do is we rate ru- one, number one, as the worst. So basically it's a, it's a game we would never want to see as a theme park. And then two through eight are basically, we kind of go up as uh, two being the lowest, eight being the highest, the highest, the best um, idea we would have for that. So, all right. So um, another qualifier on this was that it can't yes. be something that is already out there as a theme park, mm-hmm. like Harry Potter games. There's, you know, Harry Potter at Universal. Yep. I also kept out anything. I kept out anything Nintendo related because I know Universal has a deal with Nintendo to make their stuff into rides now. Oh, gotcha. Um, you gotcha. Know, so I didn't even think about no that. Disney, no Marvel, no DC because they're at Six Flags, you know, uh, yep. like anything like that. So just kind of like more original stuff that is games, not... Yeah. Games based on even you know TV shows, movies, and stuff yeah, like that. That's, that's true. I went with, that's so. true. Yep. I pretty much kept it to that too. I think there was one in there that could have been <laughs> questionable. Um, so I will actually start. So I'll start with uh, number one worst, basically. Um, there, there could have been a ton of yeah. Um, actually, um, and I've actually reworked this one quite a bit, thinking about what would be. Uh, some of the I actually did more than one just because I thought it would be you can only do funny. one nope I'm gonna do more because you might steal somebody else's uh, do no I don't think so screw it the the one that I do might steal from somebody else's but that was my original but the other one no one will I don't think anyone will re- reference if they do then I'll just edit it out <laughs> how about that <laughs> okay so my my first worst is cards against humanity. And I'm thinking this more as a, like, literal theme park, you know? I don't want to see pa- Pac-Man guzzling cum. I don't want to see Vanessa <laughs> Hitler. I don't want to see a big black, a bigger black cock. I don't want to see any of it. So I'm, I have a feeling that Cards Against Humanity as a theme park would be awful. Um, and then my other joke one, which I, 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 I don't even know anything about this game, even though, even though I've heard it, it's good, is Secret Hitler. Um, I think that would be a terrible theme park. <laughs> <laughs> anything Hitler related yes, is probably exactly. a bad theme Yes, I, I think we pretty much put that under yes. any category for the worst. So that's what I put for worst. Uh, Mike, I'll have you go next. All right. Um, I actually originally... When we were, had first talked about this, I'll just tell you, since Kurt did too, I'm going to tell you the one that I had, but I didn't put it on the list. I thought of the very first game that we reviewed, which was Kittens in a Blender. <laughs> and I thought of the Kittens. So it's just dead kittens everywhere. But then to go more seriously, I actually went with the game Sorry. Because you'd like run through the park trying to get to rides, and every once in a while, this buzzer would go off and be like, "Sorry," and you'd be on the conveyor belt and get zipped back to the like the entrance of the park and have to start over and over and nice. over again. Nice. So that's that funny. would be a horrible, horrible that, park. That would be, or either either that, or you can't have lines because basically you'd be on the same space as somebody else, so then they would have to go back to home, or you would yes. have to go back. It is not a theme park for the fat or elderly. That's for sure. <laughs> My asthma would not like it. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, Ray, we'll have you go next. All right. Um, I actually picked as my number one uh, Pandemic. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I just uh, finished watching the first season of 12 Monkeys on Sci-Fi and uh, just thought this would make a horrific theme park, you know, or just... Uh, you know, it, images of Ebola and vomiting and just all kinds of disgusting things. It's just I couldn't think of any way to do it in a way that would be at all appealing. So. Yeah, I th- I think even in a in an in a ironic way or a fake way, it still would be awful. <laughs> right. Well, it'd be it'd be like um, sort of like a zombie theme park without the zombies, right? It would yeah, just yeah. be dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I I live in Wisconsin. I live in pandemic uh, pandemic theme park. So <laughs> with all the illnesses and people rocking around, coughing on my food. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Wisconsinites. Kim, I'll have you go next. Okay. Um. So my number one uh, would have to be Talisman, <laughs> where you basically spend two days at the theme park. You can't leave. They won't let you leave. Uh, and there'll probably be something like a, um, a special thing that you have to find in the theme park in order to leave. But there's going to be like, they actually have the workers, because uh, you, you have to ride all the rides, and they're going to have all workers basically adding more people to the lines, so it's like you're never going to really finish it. <laughs> so... <laughs> and, it, and is it like no matter how tall you have to be to ride the ride, you're always just one short? Yeah, right? You're one inch short. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're only seven foot two. Yeah. You lose. Never <laughs> <Seven> mind. <laughs> Sounds like a fun place. Right? <laughs> yeah, a- any theme park where you can't get away from it does not sound fun. Yeah, they won't let you leave. Yeah, and maybe the one thing you have to find is the exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> kidding, right? <laughs> but they keep moving it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's not there. <laughs> All right, Dan, what about you? My number one is Agricola, the theme park. Um, first of all, you can never grab lunch because there's never enough food. You can't bring home any souvenirs because there's never enough resources for them to make anything. Booking hotels at this place, impossible, because as soon as a room opens up, it's immediately occupied by a new family member. It's just the worst place. And if you leave this place... With even one positive point of experience, it's basically considered you won. So, <laughs> that and there's nothing worse than the time that you had to beg somebody for a sandwich and they just never let you live it down because you can't get rid of that beggar title no matter how much you have when you leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And plus you'd, ha- you'd, have to dress- you'd have to dress up like a farmer and you'd have to live in a little tiny wooden shack. Yeah. So there's, so there's nothing, yeah. So what, the accommodations would definitely not be great. And the rides are built in the smallest increments, like one panel at a time every couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a sign that, it, that says, well, this, this park will finally be finished in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, now we've talked about the worst ones. Let's get, let's get into some great ones, shall we? Um, I will have, let's go, let's go reverse. Yeah, reverse. Uh, Dan, why don't you go first for your number two? Uh, my number two is the Fallout 4 theme park. So basically this place is great up until 10 a.m. And then the air raid sirens go off. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then through, you know, carefully structured uh, simulation, they make it like an earthquake and everything gets really bright. And then all the rides are hidden under the rubble of other rides. And you have to try to find them out. Except for the whole air, si air sirens thing. It sounds fun. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like... <laughs> And of course, to make it like, you know, all inviting for the family, the announcer's like, uh-oh, here comes the nukes. Like, you know, and make it really family friendly and drive it home. I, I, I'm sure there's going to be lots of kids that are going to have fun when those super mutants come out, you know, and scare the shit out of everybody. Yeah, but if you get the uh, the family fun day four pass, you get a free power suit. So that's not too bad. Nice, nice. nice. Everybody should, yeah, every everybody should definitely get a Pip-Boy with uh, admission. <laughs> All right, Kim, what about you? Uh, all right, so if I understand this correctly, number two is not that great, but not that bad. No, they're still good. You know, this, you know, it's just like a top ten list. You know, it's like it's not as good as your eight, but it's still pretty good. Okay. Because, like, I, don't, I didn't know we had to do eight, so I did seven. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, no, no, I felt bad. Because um, I was thinking of... Another another horrible one that I guess I could put on my two. Not that great. It, it would be uh, Dota, where basically uh, as soon as you get into the park, these the swarm of workers just surround you, asking if you want to buy shit, and you keep trying to move on to like to, to the next stall. And same thing, keep a bunch of people just kind of like berate you and say buy this, buy this. And then when you get on the rides, a group of people just try to like you know, it's like there's groups of people that follow each family. Uh, other park goers assault you in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting tactic. Hey, buy this. Hey, buy this. Hey, buy this. And they won't let you leave until you buy something. Each group. <laughs> well, it's pretty much pretty much any Disney theme park anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna buy something. It doesn't matter what it is. Every ride has a gift shop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, I'm glad I don't do that stuff anymore. Holy smokes. Whew, it's a lot of money. Okay, Ray, what about you? You know, and I'm looking at my number two, and I'm having second thoughts. But my number two was <laughs> mice was the Mice and Mystics theme park. Oh. <laughs> I can see why maybe you would you would question that. Well, here's here was my original idea: is that everything's huge, right? And you're like this. Everything in the park is just gigantic, and you're from the perspective and size of a mouse, which at first seemed kind of cool, like sliding down spoons or something. I don't know. Um, but then uh, the thought of a lot of uh, sort of costumed people in mice costumes seemed kind of creepy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, and, and maybe the, the open sewer might have to be adjusted from Mice and Mystics. But, uh, but you know, kind of kind of a, a Mice Lord of the Rings kind of theme park. And yeah. uh, can I, all the clocks be made out of cheese? <laughs> that's an excellent, that's an excellent idea. That actually sounds that's, really yeah. awesome. Right. <laughs> maybe everybody has to wear those cheese things from Wisconsin on their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Right. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I, I work in retail where I sell those damn things, so I every everybody loves those damn things. Oh, it's so ridiculous! It's like they've never seen they've never seen an item in their whole life. Oh my god, it's that cheese head! Yes, yes, <laughs> it looks like cheese. It's made out of foam. Good job, good job. You want to? Right? Oh man, but I I think that w I think if you made it cute enough, I think that would be an awesome theme park actually. 
because mice, mice and mystics is such a is such a cute theme and stuff like that. But if you did, if the costume design would, if you didn't hire the right costume designer, then it might go a little astray. <laughs> so, all right, Mike, what is your number two? My number two is Katamari Damachi. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that would be kind of cool because you'd have like all these buildings and stuff, weird things, and you just knock them over with a giant hamster ball. You could get inside of it, run over things, um, and then things would build, you know, pop back up for the next person. Mm -hmm. And then you could have shows like Dancing Panda shows and all this weird, you know, Japanese music and, like, some kind of Cosmos ride. And, yeah, because it's just weird and trippy, and I think it would make a very good theme park. Nice, nice. Do you think some of the employees that work there have to volunteer to be in your ball? Because you know how like Katamari Damacy, you can like just pick up civilians and children and dogs and stuff like that. You could you could actually have Velcro on the outside of the ball and pick things up. There you go. You know, I mean, yeah, just have random cats with like <laughs> <laughs> little statues and tacks yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's basically all trash. You're just gonna be rolling in trash. Yep. You're going to, the day in the life of a hobo is going to be But much more colorful. Yes, exactly. But fun. <laughs> and pandas. Yeah, and pandas, yes. <laughs> and very weird music. Yes. Um, All right, what's your number two, Kurt? Okay, my number two is basically a duh kind of uh, uh, game for having a theme park at Steam Park. Which is a game that we've actually played before. And especially if it had the look of the steampunk art. Because it's very, like, I don't know, it's very steampunk, you know. But it's also very colorful, too. So I think it would be kind of cool to have that look to it, you know. Have your, you know, have your... I'm, I'm sure there's going to be lots of, you know, different people that would be into the, you know, that are already in the steampunk theme, but then you've got your other people that are kind of interested in it, so it would be kind of cool to see, you know, what that would look like. So I, th I think that would be lots of fun. Except for the whole cleaning up the dirt, you know, that part, you know, that would be kind of weird, you know, be like, hey, welcome to our park, now clean it up, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but other than that, I think it would be super kind of fun to do that. Cool. All right. Number three. Number three. All right. I will start with number three. I went with um, an RPG that is fairly new, but it's something that I... It's actually from um, a series of books that I really like, and it's called The Dresden Files. Um, basically, it's kind of like Harry Potter. It's kind of a cheat, but it's more... It's more adult, you know, where the... You know, it's... It's got more of a fantasy element to it, and it's more. It's got a lot of cool aspects of it. So it'd be kind of cool to be like do the wizarding thing and have different rides and stuff like that. But also, you could use you know, have some kind of thing where you can use you know where it makes it look like it's real magic. Where I'm sure they could do it a little bit better than they do Harry Potter because you know I'm sure it's a little robotic and stuff like that. But I thought that'd be kind of cool just because. I like that story, and I, I like the theme of it, um, so I think that would be kind of fun, so I went with that. Okay, Mike, what is your number three? My number three is, it's kind of funny, you went with steampunk stuff on yours for number two. I actually went with steampunk theme also, but I went with Bioshock. 
Oh, nice. Um, because I thought it would be cool to have like the underwater city of Rapture. Oh, nice. Um, you could have some really cool, dark, scary rides. You could have Big Daddy walking around, you know, to like take pictures with people. <laughs> but then you also have Bioshock Infinite. You have the city of Columbia up in the sky, you know, it's got the World's Fair atmosphere and like, you know, you can slide around on the rails and all that type of stuff. So I just thought that would make a really cool park. Yeah, all yeah, around for sure. That, different lands like that. Yeah, stuff. that was one that was definitely on my honorable mentions because I thought that would be be kind of a cool thing because it's it's got a lot of wonder to it, but it's also got a lot of kind of spookiness to it too. Where I think you could have the big daddies where you could take a picture, but you could also have that thing where you're doing that where you're doing those rides where it's fast, but that also slows down, and you can go into like into like under or. Um, like uh, tunnels and stuff like that, and then a big daddy or uh, what are the girls called? I forget what the little sisters, little sisters, whatever, yeah. could come up and scare the crap out of you. You know, yeah. I thought that'd be kind of a cool twist to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would definitely be fun. All right, Ray, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is Colossal Arena. Now, I don't know how many people know this game, but it's um, uh, sort of mythical creatures and you are sort of mages and they're battling in an arena and you can bet on who's going to win and sort of try to influence who's going to do well. So I was thinking this theme park would probably be on the outskirts of Las Vegas and uh, in a big arena and, you know, huge creatures come out to fight, you know, and you would just be betting on who was going to win. And so, so an adult theme park, I think. But, yeah. you know, a lot of beer and gambling, I think, would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with that. That's true. Yeah, I'm just looking. I actually am looking at that right now because I've never, I've never heard of this game. But it looks, it looks fun. Fantasy Flight, yep. Yeah, it, it, this must be pretty old, huh? I think huh? it is. I, when I bought it at our local game store, they were like, this is an old game. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it's, awesome. it's good, you know, you start out with a whole row of uh, monsters, cyclops, and, and things like that, and then you bet on them in each round, somebody gets eliminated, and hopefully the one you bet on is one of the finalists, and whoever makes the most money wins. Yeah, that's from 97. That is an old game. Holy smokes. But yeah, still gets a good amount of play with us. It's, it's, a, it's a good, if you, it's a great three-player game. Very nice. Yeah, I'd like to play that. That actually looks really fun. Cool. All right. Well, now that I'm, I shouldn't stare at my phone during the podcast. Um, Kim, you're up next. You're number three. Um. All right. So, uh, this one I actually got, uh, I got inspiration because um, I was looking at old TV shows and um, they had the Dungeons and Dragons series. I I haven't seen it. I would think it was around. Uh, oh, it was like from eons ago. Eons ago. Um. Oh. Basically, like you see kids getting on a Dungeons and Dragons, like a like a little roller coaster ride, and then they um, go through some portal, and then they go into the actual world of D anD. Um, I was thinking something like that with the theme park. Only instead, uh, throughout when you, as soon as you enter the theme park, you know you get situated with like a group of people, and that's who you got to stick with. And if you ever talk out of character. You gotta give the the people at the theme park more money. <laughs> so, that so it's awful. people. Her parks are just awful. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we will punish you. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta stay in character. 
And isn't that why we all go to theme parks for extortion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I think that's the that's what the th- the theme park managers and the companies think about when they think about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. I hope I hope that the first when you first come in though there's a, 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 a short bald man that goes I am the dungeon master <laughs> that would be great. Avenger comes up to you that would be eight dollars. Yeah, exactly. I could play it easily. All I have to do is let the side let my let the sides of my hair grow out a little bit. Got it perfectly. <laughs> Or I could I could put I could uh, get on my knees and put those shoes in front of my knees so I look like I'm shorter. <laughs> All right, Dan. What about you? What's your number three? All right, so my number three. Uh, this is going to also sound terrible, but hear me out on this one. Lego Dimensions, the theme park. So the way it works is when you get on your first ride, it's really awesome, and then it stops twelve feet later. But if you buy this additional ticket, you can go like another twelve feet, <laughs> and then if you buy another ticket, it's six more feet. But if you end up paying about $450, this park is the most unbelievable place you've ever been to in your life. It has everything. It has Doctor Who rides, Ghostbuster rides. It has old arcades where you can play all these awesome old games. It has a Back to the Future worker with a working hoverboard area. It's the most unbelievable thing you've ever been to as long as you pay every penny that they ask you for along the way. That's pretty much every theme park, though, or every uh, arcade that you go to. It's like, okay, well, you can pay $40 for this, but you have to pay an extra $20 if you want to play the, play the, you know, play the games that give you tickets for the little piece of gum that, you know, you have to spend $30 to get a little piece of gum. Yeah, and one of the bonuses of the, the arena, like, you know, the uh, attractions will be if you don't want to buy that ticket, you can just give them some money, but you only get to experience that ride for 30 seconds which isn't even enough time to really get strapped in and start to enjoy it. So that's like a little side bonus out there weren't for you. They'll kick you right out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, and continuing with our theme, we'll go back around again. Uh, so, Dan, why don't you start with your number four? Okay. Um, by the way, have any of you guys ever watched the IT crowd? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you might get this reference, you may not. I would love a Flashpoint Fire Rescue theme park. I don't I know, remember. I know it sounds dangerous. But first of all, just the fact that you can say that there was a fire at the sea parks would be phenomenal. <laughs> but outside of that, just the idea of flames and like, you know, like what looks like buildings coming down as you go in these roller coasters in and out of like these burning buildings. And like, you know, they have like stuffed animals you can grab and save along the ride. I think that would be kind of fun, you know? It's like, you know, you always, like, think of, like, the most thrilling rides. Like, great, you know, like, uh, Great Adventure notes the highest roller coaster on, on Earth. Yeah, but that shit's not on fire. That's the definition of excitement. Death inches from your face. That's, you guys, you guys are just coming out with, like, the most scariest rides. I would just, I wouldn't want to come, I'm not coming to any, if you guys decide to come with a trust that ends up making theme parks, I will not be visiting any of them. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that I'm plagued by night terrors? <laughs> by what you're coming up with? I am not surprised. <laughs> All right, Kim, what about your number four? All right, so mine is uh, a little bit of cheating because um, I don't know if they... if they Because uh, of the whole Nintendo thing. But um, basically, uh, just a Zelda theme park. Um, so this is like, could be more for like the kids. Um, so you got a petting zoo. 
But the petting zoo only has chickens in it. And if, like, any of the kids, you know, just... You gotta be careful, because if they step on the chickens, they might attack them. But only in groups. So if you, if you, if you harm one, that's fine. But two or three, yeah, you're asking for it. And then, uh... Uh, they have, like, a horseback riding thing, right? They have concerts. Uh, only, you can only play the ocarina, though. <laughs> they only play ocarina. <laughs> and then, uh... What is, uh, what is the name of the mountain? Death Mountain? Doom? Not Doom? What is, what is the... Like, where the volcano is in Ocarina of Time. Uh, gosh, I haven't played that in so long. It was the Gorons that lived in there. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if it was called Death Mountain. But basically, like, uh, there's going to be uh, the roller coaster will be based off of that. So. Yep, Death Mountain. <laughs> Death Mountain, yeah. So lots of scaring children. Okay, so, so. <laughs> I see a theme. Okay, Ray, what about your number four? All right, my number four uh, is an RPG, and it's the End of the World Zombie Apocalypse RPG. Um, okay, talk your way out of this one. Let me see how this goes. Okay, so Universal does. I've never been, but I've I've seen they ha they do like these Halloween horror kind of of nights or in October. And I was thinking of that and then I had read about this zombie 5k that they do in Los Angeles. And so the runners all start at one end and they're like broken down cars and everything in their way. And you can slide over hoods. And then there are zombies that come out and they have an ink on their hands that can only be seen with a black light. And so you finish your 5k and they take, they add seconds on for every time a zombie put a handprint on you and so it was sort of sort of inspired by that idea, but sort of, you know, it's an active theme park. you got to move around a lot, and uh, maybe you pay at the end, and the number of handprints that are on you, you have to pay more to get out. More paying. Boy, mm -hmm. not, no, one's, no one's getting out of here alive or with the, without an empty wallet. All right, Mike, what about yours? Um, I went with a superhero theme. Ooh. I went with Sentinels of the Multiverse. Oh, nice. Because I couldn't go DC or Marvel. <laughs> so, because <laughs> they're all original characters and yeah. stuff. They have so many locations in those games. They have, like, you know, you could have a Rook City land, and you could have, they have, like, Atlantis, and they have the um, primeval world type thing with dinosaurs and mm -hmm. a Mars base. So you could have all these different places you could go to and have, you know, the villains kind of... You know, be wandering around, the heroes being wandering around. I just thought it would be kind of a cool thing because they put a lot of work into that game and it would be cool to see it realized somewhere other than just the game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. Four. <laughs> nice. What's your four? Nice. Um, I kind of cheated too. I went on the same. I went on the same kind of thought process as Kim, except for not as scary. Um, but I went with uh, Mega Man, actually. Because I think with how much stuff that Mega Man actually has, I think you can make all of your rides seem like it's more of a futuristic, like everything is robotic, you know, for the most part. You could have, like, you know, if you get to the top of one of the roller coasters, you could have, like, a big metal dragon that you have to, like, you know, the kids can have, like, a, 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 an attachable robotic arm, you know, that, like, spits out, like, you know, like the... Spider-Man has, like, the web shooters or whatever. You could just have, like, a silly silly string or something like that, and that shoots out a little ball or something like that, and you can have them hit, 
hit like the dragon or something like that, and then you could have different like arenas and stuff like that with different backgrounds where the kids or the adults could kind of have it have an all out you know against each other and stuff like that. Um, you could even have like a trampoline area that looks like uh, what's the dog's name? I can't think of the dog's name. I keep thinking Rush, but I don't, that's not. Is it. it Rush? I don't know. It might be one of the dogs might have been, but um, yeah, just that just that theme alone, I think would be super fun. Just because you, you, there's a lots of different things you could do with that because they've had so many games, mm-hmm. so you could have a lot of different areas and it could expand to uh, you know a decent amount. So. Oh yeah, with each of those robots having a different theme to it, there's mm-hmm. a lot to do. With yeah, it. exactly. Like Woodman or you know, yeah. Woodman. <laughs> <laughs> you will wander around in wood. Uh, yeah. Do exactly. nothing else. Exactly. So that's what I went with. I, I, Would Proto Man open up the rival theme park right across the street from that one? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Or you could have uh you could have the rival theme park across the street that Dr. Wiley has, you know. So I think that would be fun. Alright, continue with the tradition. I will go back to and I'll start with my number five. Uh, my number five is actually Magic the Gathering. Um, again, it's it's got a lot of good story to it, a lot of good background to it. You could, I mean, everybody know everybody that's big into magic, even some of the people that are into the, you know, in into the game world that they still know what the um, what the characters are and stuff like that. You know, so it'd be nice to have you know, you know, you have your your. You know, you have your red and your green and your blue and your black and your white. You know, you have those different areas and they can, you know, at, at some point they can all have a, a fight in the middle of the square or something like that. You know, um, you can have magic tournaments there. So you can you can involve the actual game into it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do the... Um, the magic the board game you could have it like a real life thing where you could pay extra and you can go in and you could be like okay well you know bobby and Susie are gonna play against each other and they're gonna you know say i have a big microphone i put out chandra or whatever and i have her move this many and it's like one of those big um human uh chess boards or something like that so i think i thought that would be really fun to do that so i went with that Cool. Yeah. You could do the a, a land for each, you know, a land for each land at the swamp. That's totally what I have on my list later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, You're thinking the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I we I think we're all going to have something that goes and co- co- yeah. coincides, so All right, Mike, what is your number 5? Um, I actually went the the dark route this time for more of a adult type of theme park. I went with a game that I have, but it's all, there's a whole bunch of different games that kind of follow this theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with Elder Sign or yeah. Arkham Horror. Yeah. Um, the whole HP Lovecraft theme, I think, would be really neat as a, a park. I mean, even if you wanted to have kids' rides, you could, like, you could have a Cthulhu spinner, you know, where they're all like, all oh, like arm things. <laughs> so, um, but lots of, you know, dark, scary type rides and, you know, just kind of a lot of, you know, dark paths, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of darkness to it and mm-hmm. just, yeah, neat and different. So, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a big market for that. I mean, it just in with working with the Legends of the Tabletop podcast and, 
other people that I've come in contact with. It, it's becoming more and more of you know of a a bigger thing, and they've got those they've got the live shows and stuff like that. You're like your shadow veins and stuff like that. They're you know really really pushing this theme to the forefront. So that would be that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Ray, what about your number five? Oh, I think Mike and I almost synced up on this one. My <laughs> number five is tu- is Touch of Evil. Nice. The, uh, which is, you know, it's essentially uh, the Sleepy Hollow movie as a game. Nice. Um, so it just, you know, you could have the uh, the burning windmill ride, which goes very nicely with the fire, Flashpoint fire rescue theme. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just kind of a, a very spooky kind of old New England village kind of haunted kind of park. But I think, uh, you know, for a lot of the same reason of Mike's choices, I think it maybe appeal to an older group, but... Yeah, we don't mind adult theme parks, as long as, you know, you can actually leave them at some time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right, Kim, what about you? All right, so my number five would be Scoville. So it's an educational theme park. Boring. (laughs) Well, wait. (laughs) Do, Do you like chili? Everyone loves chili. Hey, kid, do you like chili? <laughs> no. <laughs> Too you spicy like for my young stomach. stomach. So, like, they have, like, chili cook-offs, like, every hour, on the hour. And tons of pork. tons of pork. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your Pepto, sir. They'll have farmer markets. They'll have, like, a, a little, like, garden thing where kids can play in. And um, the rides, like, one of the rides, uh, the roller coaster... It'll be in the shape of a ghost pepper. And it's like clear, so you can kind of see through it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's mine. <laughs> okay, I'm sold. I, c- I considered Scoville. I sat and looked at the box, yeah. but I didn't have as many good ideas. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it. It was like, because uh, when uh, I was thinking of Scoville, all I could think about was that Simpsons episode where he uh, eats the uh, <laughs> that dead... The, the, oh, the the, the ghost chili pepper that was uh, grown in the basement of a Guadalajara and insane asylum yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's all I can think of. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's a chili cook-off every day. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Dan, what about you? All right. Uh, mine would be the Final Fantasy theme park. It could be, you know, like, uh, no, my preference, you know, like, uh, being a diehard, I always go for, like, seven. Also a fan of ten. But just, like, all the rides can be, like, themed around all the different summonings in the game. And, uh, you know, there can even be, like, a an, uh, like one of those, like, indoor rides where they have, like, the uh, the Tom Berries with, like, you know, the little knives and stuff like that. <laughs> Cactors could be, like, the mascots walking around the common grounds. And, uh... Yeah, I think it can be, like, one of those really awesome things where it's, like, uh, and, of course, at the end of the day, everyone can argue about, like, oh, no, man, that 8 ride was better. It's, like, oh, I don't know, man, I still think 3 was the coolest, you know. <laughs> you guys know it as 1, but to me it's 3 because I, I rode all this ride in Japan, so that's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, you could, or you could buy different passes and it actually would be, like, materia that you could attach to your back and then 
uh, depending upon what you bought, would be a different experience for each ride. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> right? And I mean, tell me you wouldn't be content paying like nine and a half dollars for a mono potion uh, blueberry Coke or something, you know, since they always overcharge <laughs> their drinks. Nice. I'm making that, I'm going to make that up for the, one of the pictures for this episode because that sounds awesome. All right. So coming back through, we're going to go to number six. So, Dan, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, my number six is going to be uh, Steamworks. So basically, this is an amusement park where the rides are all like pretty simple in the beginning, but uh, every day the rides are built up just a little more. So there might be an added uh, loop or an added twist, or there might be a new stand or like a you know like a little shop where there wasn't one before, and it just gets cooler and cooler every time you go back to it. <laughs> so you basically have to have a punch card pretty much yeah <laughs> but it'll be like you know like there'll be like uh and like the rides can be like you know like the tesla coils uh roller coaster and stuff like that you know nice. there can be like uh there'll even be one where it's like it's kind of like free fall but like you know a metal crane will actually carry the thing up to the top for the ride and stuff like that that would be fun <laughs> all right kim what about your number six my six would be uh, now I'm not, I don't know if you heard of this. This was a Kickstarter uh, game. Chikarion? No, I don't. I, that doesn't ring a bell for me. Nope. Uh, we did a, a um, what do you call it when you're online and people are watching as you go? Periscope. We did a periscope of it. Oh, okay. Um, it's like a really heavy euro where basically uh, you're a magician and you got to gather up the um, tricks you said it probably perfectly, but for some reason you must have said it too fast for me to understand. Yes, I know what Tricarion. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> yes, I did see that. That would be a fun yeah. part. So basically, um, it's just, uh, it's filled with like magic shows. You can go to any, any magic show, it'll be open. Um, they have like the magic shops, like the souvenir shops. They sell like, you know... The uh, top hats, the doves, you can get rope, you know, like the, the, uh, any like type of materials you can do to like do your own tricks. And the rides, uh, when you're on the ride, right, like it doesn't matter what ride it is. So you're on a ride, um, anybody who looks on, it always looks like a different ride. So like say like you're on a roller coaster, to them it looks like you're on the, um, you know the, the big the pirate ship that swings back and forth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, they think they're going on a roller coaster, and when they go on, it's actually, like, a pirate ship. So, like, you yes. can't really tell what you're going to be going on. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't eat at all before you go on any of these rides. Yeah. <laughs> do not be very do that. Hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, Ray, what about you? What's your number six? My number six is Kemet. Oh. So, uh... When I was a kid, I uh, got taken to like an old uh, sort of frontier fort and they staged sort of uh, an attack on the fort and they had to fight them off and I thought that would be really cool in a sort of Egyptian theme and you could have rides with roller, uh, roller coasters around pyramids and uh, lots of cool looking large mummies and that sort of thing walking around. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. It's a good. Th it's a good theme. It's a theme that doesn't. I don't think gets very used very often. Actually, yeah, I'm just not sure where you get all that sand. But, uh, <laughs> that's true. You're gonna have to have it in a remote location, probably. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right, Mike. What about your number six? Um, my number six. It was 
touched on earlier, kind of. Um, I went with D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. Um, mainly I was thinking more of a gigantic renaissance festival type yeah. thing. Um, with a lot of medieval rides, castles to explore, dungeons to explore, mm-hmm. dragons, you know, dragon caves and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Definitely. Awesome. Um, with my number six, I went a little bit of a theme park that's not as, like... <laughs> Super duper exciting right away. I thought it would be more peaceful. I went with Mist. Hmm. Thought it'd be kind of cool to be like, you know, you have to solve puzzles and you, you know, you just kind of find your way into this beautiful landscape and stuff like that. So where it's more, almost more of like a vacation than a, a theme park where it's like, oh, we gotta get to here. Oh, we gotta get. Oh, did we eat? Oh, let's have some shitty food. Oh, let's, you know, that kind of thing. Where, you know, this might be, you know, more relaxed and more of a cool like. You know, atmosphere, you know, maybe not even as many people even, you know, because, you know, say you have a different spot, you could have just either a person or a group going off in, the, off in that spot and just clear it of everybody else so you kind of have your own experience and stuff like that. So I thought that would be kind of cool to do. I was just looking at looking at old video games and stuff like that, and I came upon this game, and I was like, God, I love that game so much. And I, f- I remember playing it just how, like, serene it was. You know, it's like even with the puzzles... Some of the puzzles being difficult, I didn't feel any pressure because it was just, it was very, I don't know, it was just very peaceful and serene, so I thought that'd be kind of cool. You could totally do that as, you know, escape rooms are all the rage right now. Somebody could totally do the missed escape room. Yeah, totally. That's for sure. That would be awesome. All right, so we're coming back uh, coming back around again for number seven. Um, I went with something that had been man- mentioned earlier also. Uh, I went with Final Fantasy just because I love the Final Fantasy theme. Um, I think there's lots of ways you could do different things with that. Um, Dan touched on a bunch of different things. Also, you could do, like, some of the, you know, for the kids, you can do some of the different sports and stuff like that. Like, they have that that goofy soccer game and the underwater the underwater games and stuff like that. That'd be kind of cool, you know, have a little area for the kids and stuff like that. Um I remember in, I think it's Final Fantasy V, they've got where you can, you actually have to um, remember what you're supposed to say in this play, and you get thrown into this play, and you have to, they do all the lines, and then once it gets to your line, then you have to throw out your line, and if you don't do it, then you have to start all over, or you get caught, you know, that kind of thing. I thought that would be kind of a cool concept, too, and... You know, you could have, if you want it, not only on the ground, but you could have the airship so you can go and get in your airship and get in the air and stuff like that. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of good possibilities with that. So I think that would be kind of cool to have. So that's why I went with Final Fantasy. So, All right, Mike, what about your number seven? All right, my number seven was Magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, as Ray had mentioned earlier, I actually did the five themed lands. So, you know, you have like your water land with all these water rides and kind of a swamp land where it's you know more scary stuff and then fire mountains type you know um and then a forest jungle type area you know you explore there and then i thought for the planes it would be like you know more of a flying type like hang gliders type of stuff and you have the planes walkers wandering around to visit and all that type of stuff so yeah yeah that's awesome there you go yeah that'd be fun all right, Ray, what's your number seven? My number seven is Aquasphere. Um, 
Yeah, I thought sort of, you know, water park. And uh, I don't know, may you ever do, see the, where they do like the helmet dive where you just they have the tube to the surface and you have the helmet. You could have that as going down and you could do the programming of the robots and uh, you'd have to get a lot of octopus. But uh, but other than that, I think, you know, a lot, a lot of water rides. Yeah. Do, you to, do you have to program out your entire day before you actually even went to the park though? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Now you have to go in pairs and somebody else chooses everything you do. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I want to go on that ride. You know? <laughs> here's your here's your whole itinerary for the whole day. All right, Kim, what is your number seven? All right, Kurt, you're going to hate me. Um, <laughs> it's Silent Hill. Nice. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have, of course, the mascot has to be Robbie the Rabbit, right? This is going to be Robbie the Rabbit just walking all over the place. And if anyone you're familiar of what he looks like, it's a rabbit with blood all over its face. <laughs> um. So this is one for the kids? <laughs> it could be. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They had a carousel. Granted, um, it's a bunch of skeleton horses. And um, as per Dan's request, there's also going to be fire surrounding it. A ring of fire, and on the carousel, we're just gonna be here playing Johnny Cash over and over again. <laughs> um, uh, we're gonna have the haunted house, of course, and um, the roller coaster. The roller coaster, you'll have it where uh, midway, it flies off the rails onto a different roller coaster. And then whoever went on the other roller coaster, it flies off that and goes onto the other previously. So it's supposed to like freak you out, but you're safe, I think. Nice. <laughs> so that's mine. <laughs> I'm <Nice>. weird. <laughs> if you I'm very weird. <laughs> Kim, we have and the gift on the phone. What do you think about these topics? <laughs> And the gift shop would just be full of like little stuffed bloody rabbits. Oh yeah, Robbie the rabbit. That's, great. <laughs> that's, that's all they sell in the gift shop. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and if you go to the souvenir shop uh, for like the clothings, there's no clothes, but there's mannequins, and nothing is on the mannequins. Nice, yeah. And barking dog and and bloody dogs that will chase you. Yeah, bloody dogs, and also. Um, there's one special uh, place the kids can go to. Um, I don't know if uh, any of you guys have got this far, but it's a spaceship, and you go in, and you get to play with the dog, and the dog is basically taking control of the whole entire theme park. No. <laughs> I don't know who got that reference, but if you did, bravo. <laughs> when you're at this place, we. <laughs> no kidding. All right, Dan, what's your number seven? My number seven is Above and Below. Uh, it is the first theme park to feature an entirely subterranean option. So uh, now the first time everyone goes to this park, they always immediately go running to the undergrounds because they think this is the coolest thing ever. But it's only after they've been to the park a few times that they realize the above ground is just as good as the underground park. But very few people try that strategy out the first few times they go there. Number eight, best game for a theme park. Dan, start us off. All right, my number eight, uh, Mike mentioned before, Bioshock. Uh, and the only difference between my Bioshock park and Mike's 
is that there's uh, two more vegetarian dishes and they allow dogs in the park. Because if you finished out Bioshock, you know a thousand lighthouses, a thousand worlds. So that's the only difference. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it's, it seems like that steampunky theme is something that's lacking in, this, in the theme park area. Dude, the rides never break down because there's handymen everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. Well, I, I and I bet you, if you had something like that, I bet you you would have enough um, enough people that are fans of the uh, fans there too that would probably be able to whip it up no problem. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kim. What is your number eight? All right, I had to change mine, so uh, it it kind of just came to me. It's not fully done, so if you guys want to add to it, that's fine. I decided to make a Borderlands theme park. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing I was considering, too. Yeah. So basically, you go in. Uh, if you want, you can get a Claptrap tour guide, right? And as you're walking through the, plot, uh, the park, besides all the witty comments, if he passes another Claptrap, they'll, of course, interact. They might fight each other because, you know, he thinks he's Claptrap. There could be no other claptrap, so there might be an identity crisis at some point. But we're still working on that. Um, <laughs> there's going to be also a, a kissing booth for Mad Moxie, and then that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I can think of. Kissing booth and claptraps. Yeah. Lots of yeah. Well, there be, there's definitely going to be a lot of good comedy in between every ride or a, a, any experience you have. You can, I'm pretty sure there's like black markets hidden throughout the uh, entire theme park. Yeah. You could make it like almost a, you could make it almost a like get everybody gets like a super duper like Nerf gun, but then you can get them like upgraded and stuff like that, different things. That'd yeah, be kind of, that'd be kind of fun. And they have the vending machines uh, throughout the park. Yeah. Not only food, but you can buy uh, like Nerf guns, potions, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Ray, what is your number eight? My number eight is uh, Escape the Curse of the Temple kind of imagined it as a, a giant sort of Indiana Jones escape theme park. You know, rolling foam boulders and uh, golden idols. and it's, it's one of the theme parks that actually gives you a real workout when you visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can physically you, see you yourself. get a cool hat and jacket. <laughs> yeah, and uh, maybe, maybe you have to rely on your friends to help get you out of certain rooms. No time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You get a fedora and a whip at the door. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. <laughs> Plus, you'd have to sign a release because I'm whipping somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either on purpose or on accident. <laughs> I'm so think, sorry. I didn't mean to. I don't think you can hold one of those in your hand and not whip someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. <laughs> Kurt, can you have one college people, college people, and stuff like that? You know, like trying to whip their butt, their butt buddies in the butt or something. You know, that's funny. Kurt, can you get All through right. one episode without saying how you just want to whip somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know what's funny? As soon as that left my mouth, I was like, "That sounds bad." <laughs> please, please run for president so I can use this sound file. <laughs> yeah, not mean it that way. <laughs> All right, Mike, what is your number eight best game as a theme park? My number eight, I actually went with Sam and Max. Oh, nice. Um, because I thought they're cool characters that would make, like, a good Mickey Mouse for your mm -hmm. theme park. 
Um, you go back to their very first game, Sam and Max hit the road, and they went to all these different roadside attraction type of things, like the world's largest ball of twine and different things like that. You could have rides based on stuff like that. Um, they even had a carnival in that game, like with the, the tunnel of love to go through, <laughs> except for there was a weird mole man in it, you know? And then instead of like the whack-a-mole machines like they have, you know, in an arcade, they had whack-a-rat. <laughs> just just weird, like, kind of a little twisted theme park, but yet I think it would make a pretty good theme park. There was a lot of characters. I mean, they had, like, they were called the soda poppers, that they were these, uh, uh, like a snap, crackle, pop type oh. of characters, but they were like a barbershop, you know, quartet, quartet I guess it was. Yeah. Well, I guess there were four, I think, when it started. So, oh, okay. Um, so that would have been a quartet. But just different things <laughs> like that, you know, different shows. There was, in one of the games, they had a giant mechanical Abraham Lincoln. You know, <laughs> that could just be wandering around the park. So it would just be kind of weird, but they have a lot of ideas in those uh, four games, I guess, that they did. Yeah. You know, there's the different episodes, but I consider the seasons as one game, pretty much. So... I think there would be a lot of ideas for theme parks in that. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was kind of cool and different. So. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's Yeah, that definitely lends itself to a lot of good ideas. Uh, my number eight was something that's been said a million times. <laughs> <laughs> and I went with Dungeons & Dragons myself. Um, I just think that would be so much fun. I, it, it's interesting to see that that license hasn't gotten bigger than just the role-playing, you know, I mean, they've gotten into the gaming aspect and stuff like that, and you'll see it on TV every once in a while, and stuff the like that, but... really bad movies. Yeah, the really bad movies, <laughs> oh my god. But, uh, Marlon Wayans, wasn't it? Oh yeah, One so of the Wayans bad. Brothers in that. So bad, yeah. oh, so bad. But I thought of it kind of in the same way uh, that uh, Kim did about the old TV show, where it's like, you know, you're, you, get, you get on the ride, you... Go through, you get stuck in this world of fantasy, you know, you get stuck with, you know, you can, um, and I, I don't think you pick, you know, you, you don't pick your, 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 your group, the group that gets picked for you, and also your skills get picked, like it did in the, in that show, you know, where it's like, you're the archer, you know, and, you know, you're, you're the, um, the cavalier with the yeah, yeah, shield. Yeah, the cavalier. Oh, I always yeah. love that. You know, it's like, okay, he gets a shield and that's it. And then, you know, like, that's what it goes. And he looks and sounds like David Schwimmer, but he's not. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I thought of it that way. I thought that would, you know, that would be, you know, really fun. There's different aspects of that. You know, you... The staying in character, I thought, would is is a great idea. You know, not being not being out of character unless you broke for lunch or something like that. You know, or you know, even if you didn't want to, you know, and then you could have just like with the other theme parks that uh, some of the other theme parks I talked about, you could have you know your dungeon. You could play Dungeons and Dragons, not only just in you know as a physical thing as you're out there doing it. Um, but you could also have D&D sessions, too. And um, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit with that kind of stuff because there's so many books out there that you can make different you know, different parts of it. So mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome. So, so yeah. The uh, number of traps you could have. You could have. Unlimited. Just unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, not another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that would be, yeah. Except for if we went literal with that kind of stuff, you know, with the, with the traps or the, uh, 
different monsters and stuff like that. That'd be spooky. But yeah. So hey, yeah, that was our top eight uh, board games as theme par- or games as theme parks. Sorry, um, that was a lot. A lot more different. Uh, different genres and stuff like that than I thought we would have, yeah, you know? I thought we'd have a lot more duplications. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice to kind of get that, to, you know, get a couple of other games that you would kind of, that you wouldn't really consider, but if you really put your mind to it, you could make a theme park out of it, so. Um, do you guys have any any other games that you kind of had on your mind that you were thinking of when you were making this list at all? I had, uh, I had Cult Express. As, <laughs> as sort of a, a moving roller coaster ride you moved around on and tried to collect things, but <clears throat> I don't know how well that worked. <laughs> <laughs> be a nice be a nice western theme park though. Right. Yeah. Definitely not enough of those. I don't think. Oh, another actually another gag one that I had that I had just seen and I don't know where I came upon this this game. Because I was think I was looking at like goofy games and stuff like that, so I put it as a as a goof for my number eight, and it's called Endless Nights of Amazing Sex. It's a <laughs> it's a board game. It's a board game, and I'm like, I don't even know what it is, but I'm like, I'm gonna put that on my list. That is your weird games right there. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, actually thinking about putting The Witcher, but it seems weird sending people off to do quests and then finding women in bars to have sex with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how uh, wives would feel about that with their husbands. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely do not bring your children to that Yeah. <laughs> or your wives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Men or do them. you. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't put that on my list. <laughs> it's too weird. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. For me, I had a couple. I thought of XCOM um, because it's that whole alien thing, and it made me think of... At Universal Studios, there's a Men in Black ride that's, you have your little guns and you shoot all these aliens and stuff. I thought it would be kind of the same type of thing, but you'd be a little more sneaky, I guess. Nice. And the other one that I thought of is Mech Warrior. Oh, yeah. Where you get to just drive these big <laughs> mechs and kind of fight it out. You know, maybe you have, you know, foam stuff instead of yeah, obviously yeah. exploding, but yeah. I just thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Or even Robotech, because that's a, right. such a big license. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I had a. I there was lots of things that I was thinking of, but for some reason right now I can't think of anything that pops to my mind that I had. Oh wait, actually maybe I do. <laughs> actually I do. Uh, Borderlands we talked about. Um, I thought Smash Up would actually be kind of fun because you've got different themes and stuff like that you, that you can mash together and stuff like that. So you can be like, hey, pirate aliens or whatever you know, stuff like that. Um, I was thinking about the sci-fi thing, maybe like a Star Realms or a Core Worlds kind of sci-fi kind of theme park, based theme park or something like that, you know? I thought that'd be kind of fun, too. So, Or even like Shadowrun. I yeah, think. I had Shadowrun down as a possibility, too. Yeah. So, like a whole, you know, when you go into like the, their cyber realm, mm-hmm. you know, the, that the um, Deckers go into, mm-hmm. it's like that'd be kind of a really cool ride, you know, just virtual reality type things. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. So, so yeah, so there you go. There's some theme parkage for you. Um, if you guys have any any comments, any games that you would like to um, suggest for your best or your worst, I'm, there's definitely a lot of them out there. Um, 
just send them out through our Twitter or Facebook page, and we'll uh, talk about them on uh, next month's show. Um, and so that's it for that. Game review. All right, we are reviewing Gus. <laughs> it's late. Um, we are reviewing Ghostbusters by Cryptozoic Entertainment. Um, it came out last year. Number of players is one to four. Uh, it suggested ages is fifteen and up, and it takes about a half an hour, but half an hour between a half an hour and two hours, depending upon what um, campaign you're basically doing or what part you're doing on it. Um, it's basically kind of a miniatures game with die rolling and capturing ghosts and stuff like that. I'll, since it's Mike's board game, I'll let him give us a little bit more of a detailed um, explanation of how Ghostbusters is played. Um, Ghostbusters is... The best way I can describe it is it's kind of like uh, Imperial Assault or the um, different D&D board games like... Um, uh, Legend of Drist, mm-hmm. and it has those board, you know, cardboard tiles that you set out. Um, to make your map, basically. Right, to make your map. Um, and then there's a bunch of different plastic ghosts, um, and then your four Ghostbusters. Each Ghostbuster has its own, you know, card with kind of stats. Mm-hmm. Um, you accrue experience points as you capture ghosts or do different things each ghostbuster has a different ability mm-hmm. um so like uh venkman's uh ability is like every time he gets slimed he gets uh, an experience point mm-hmm. of course it fits with his character yep. um and there's uh Three different campaigns that have four scenarios. They're each tied to a different ghost. There's Slimer. There's uh, Indulness, which I'm not sure where that guy comes from. I'm, we're thinking maybe the old cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which is a heavy plastic figure. <laughs> um, he's big and he's solid. So they're really cool. Like the, the figures and stuff are really cool. I've heard or I'd read reviews before I had gotten the game about people getting broken figures, but thankfully I didn't, I didn't get any yeah. broken ones in mine. That's so. good. But yeah, pretty much everybody has one die. You get two actions until you get enough experience points to get up to three actions. Mm-hmm. And pretty much your actions are to move. You can move two spaces. You can drive the Ecto-1, um, and everybody that's in the Ecto-1 at the time goes along with it. So... It's kind of nice. You can travel around the board quickly if everybody's in there. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, shooting at the ghosts. Um, each ghost, there's only three different types besides the bosses. So there's level one, level two, level three. Um, every type of ghost that you shoot at, they have a different thing that happens if you hit them or if you miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, they can move around randomly. There's actually a little square board with arrows that point you know in all nine directions that you can go because you can go diagonally in this too and if the ghost moves randomly you just roll an uh six-sided die right no it must be eight must be eight directions because it'd be eight-sided die One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine so oh no the no, middle, you eight. wouldn't yeah it yeah, would be eight because you wouldn't yeah the middle space. so uh yeah, so you have the eight different directions, so it actually dictates what direction the, the ghost is going, which is kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. gives it 
gives the ghosts kind of a mind of their own type of thing rather than, you know, them always moving a certain direction. Yeah. So, um, pretty much like to trap the level ones, you only need one stream that comes with these little rings of different colors that have the proton stream, you know, look on them. Um, so every color of these matches up to a certain Ghostbuster. Um, and so to trap the ones, you just need one stream on there and they're captured. And then you have to actually be able to, you have to put them into the Ecto-1. Um, some missions will actually get the, the ghosts back off of your cards. So you have to put them in there or else, you know, you um, lose them. Um, and then like a level two takes two streams, a level three takes three streams. And if that ghost happens to move away through a wall, all your streams fall off of it. So it's kind of cool. It's really a neat strategy type of game. Um, a lot less involved than those other games that I mentioned, like the Imperial Assault and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, and like I said, there's three different scenarios, one for each of those ghosts. And then each of those scenarios has four missions. Um, all of them have these the gates that you some will be open and closed um, usually the, the goal is to close all the gates and of course the symbols on the gates are the symbols that were on the um, psychic cards that Peter um, in the first movie is you know testing and zapping the one guy so um, yeah it's just it's a neat game they actually they have three just missions that you can play too without playing through the the whole uh scenarios or the whole campaigns for each of the ghosts so um we actually played the second time we played it we played the stay puff marshmallow man one and that was freaking hard <laughs> but uh we end up winning it i'll say we won it because we kind of cheated a little bit <laughs> because he moves around so much it was like he wasn't quite within our three three space line of sight at all times we didn't remove you know all the stuff off him but um oh it was it's a fun game it's like i said not as involved as those those other games that i mentioned so yeah. um i'm not sure what else to say about it i mean it's yeah. really just a you know it's a strategy type of game with your little figures like those games are so mm -hmm. and then of course the the ghostbusters theme the only thing that i missed about it and i assume because you had mentioned to me that they are doing a expansion to it i i would have liked to have seen stuff from ghostbusters too rather than adulness who i don't know who that is yeah. um so yeah other than that i mean it's pretty neat yeah game. yeah i think it's pretty it's pretty easy to learn and pretty easy to play very very easy to learn yeah not a lot to it yeah. i mean the book is is big but it, it's not full of just you know text either you know there's a lot of pictures and stuff so it's they explain everything very well i think yeah, so. yeah. i think they do it's you know again it's a nice tiling game for the board where you, you know, different scenarios and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's pretty uh, straightforward with your abilities and your rolling. You just have to roll above a certain number for the most part, um, not get slimed and stuff like that. Um, that, uh, that action of removing slimes and stuff like that, that's a good thing to do, and you got to kind of keep that in mind. Otherwise, you could 
easily get lost in this game. Yeah, um, slimes take away an action from you. So if you have one slime on you, you lose one action. So you're down to one action total on your turn if you're, you know, low level mm-hmm. already. If you get slimed twice, then you just can't do anything. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think the concept with getting in the car and being able to transport everybody that's in the car away from different things, I think that's a great little concept there. Otherwise, I think the game would be a lot harder, mm-hmm. I think, to accomplish and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's an enjoyable game. You know, it, it it's weird with these games that are come out like this with these um, original IPs on like Ghostbusters and Turtles and stuff like that. It seems like they're not getting enough steam on them. It seems like a lot of people have something to say negative about them. Like they don't like them as much as other stuff. Well, I think the hard part is, is it's games like this, they cost so much. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not a fan of the Ghostbusters, you're probably not going to buy the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You know, I mean, Star Wars having Imperial Assault, that's such a bigger fan base, I Mm -hmm. think, that wants a game like that compared to Ghostbusters fans. So, you know, it's, it's more of a niche game, but yet then it's also a niche game for people who have money to buy that game. So, you know, it's not going to get as good of reviews, probably. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not as big of fanboys of Ghostbusters as there is for Star Wars or even D&D. Yeah, yeah, for that. So So what's the retail on this game? Um, I do not remember. I got on sale, I think I got on sale for 60. I think it might be 85 or something like that. I'm not really sure, so... Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money for a game. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, the the miniatures and like you know, like you said, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is hefty and a nice mold. Like you could literally kill somebody if you throw that thing hard enough. <laughs> really good, you know. And uh, the car, it's the car. I mean, the Ecto One even itself is very heavy and mm-hmm. you know, in a good uh, feel to it and stuff like that. So. Um, it's interesting because when you get into these kind of games and you get the, all these minis, it does drive up that price, you know? So, you know, it's to the point where, you know, unless you have a decent amount of money, you're not going to pay for that. You're probably going to wait until Amazon has a deal on it or, mm-hmm. you know, like you had, it's Christmas. So somebody get, got it free for yeah. Christmas. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you get to that point where it's like, okay, is this, is this much money into a game worth it? You know? Right. Um, Having played it, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, am I huge enough to pay 80 bucks for it? No, probably not. 60, you might be still be pushing it. 50, that, that maybe, you know. Yeah. That might be where I, you know, where I go into buying this game, you know. Um, but every time we've played it, I've, I've enjoyed it, you know. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, the aspects of playing, you know, every Ghostbuster and they all have kind of a thing that has to do with them in the movie and kind of thing. And they even set up some stuff in the game that's kind of like the movies and stuff like that. And of course they have to kind of go off topic because you can't, there was only two movies so you can't really do too much, you know? So, you know, if they go where they talk about the cartoon, well then fine, there's some stories there, I guess. Right. Or they've got a comic book too, I guess. Oh yeah. They did. (laughs) That's right. Is that IDW that had that? Yeah. 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 So, which is interesting. You think IDW would have came out with this game then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but 
that's you know here nor there, but but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. It's you know, it, it, it's not a lot of strategy to it, but when we played that Stave Puff Marshmallow, man, uh, the that was a side quest basically. That was that one of the side quests. It was one of the like non non campaign yeah. things. You yeah. Know, just a... Um there was a lot of strategy that we had to put oh, yeah. into it, even though we, you know, somewhat cheated, but still, you know, we were just kinda like, okay, now we really have to think about what we're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Well I mean, yeah, I mean, even when we were playing we played one of the first one of the Adonis campaign. Um and we had to have strategy there too because there's so many different things that can happen to make you lose the game and you have to like in that one, um, if all the ghosts escape the parallel dimension, you'll lose. Yeah. The only way to fill that is to capture ghosts and put them back in through the Ecto-1. So you have to, you can't just go to the goal of closing all the gates. You have to stop and get some ghosts too, or they're going to all be out of there before you even get a chance to close the gates. So, I mean, there's there was a lot of strategy. We were moving around. You know, figuring out, okay, you need to go here, you need to do this. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I think we talked about it pretty good, so Mm -hmm. um, pretty thoroughly. Um, So on our padded, unpadded, D8 scale, um, I will rate it a, um, let's see, kind of in between that five and six, because I think it's, I think it's good. I don't think it's great necessarily, but I don't think it's bad either. So, you know, like I think I'll actually stick with a five. I, I, I enjoyed it because I, I like the Ghostbusters theme. I, I love playing it. Would I buy it myself? Again, I'd have to wait for it to get somewhat cheap if I were going to buy it, but I really did have fun with it, and I played it again. Yeah. What about you? Um, I went with a six okay. because I really like that style of game, like the... the um, like we were talking about with like the Imperial Assault and stuff yeah like Imperial Assault and all those I mean I like those games we gave those games really high you know we gave Imperial Assault and 8 yeah um, top game last year mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it's the same kind of concept but it's just it falls short of that. Yeah, I think it's so, it's simpler. It doesn't right. have as much meat to it, and it it doesn't deserve a seven either. It just doesn't have enough. But I don't think it's quite middle of the road for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I put it up there. It's nice because I can play that game single player. Also, you know, mm-hmm. I always appreciate when they give you enough that you can make that a single player type of thing. If I'm going to spend that much money, I don't want to have to think, well, I'm going to have to find friends to be able to play this, too. You know, it's nice to be able to have that single-player experience. Yeah, so. yeah, very cool. All right, so there you go. There's our there's our opinion of Ghostbusters. If you're a fan, go out and grab it. You know, have some fun with some friends, because it, it really is a good time. So, And that is the review. Weird games. All right, so we're going to do some weird games. Okay. And Ray was nice to nice enough to bring one to the table, so we'll let him talk about his weird game. All right. Um, so my weird game is based on the old, I think it's the 70s TV show, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. You guys ever heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah, so it had this 
the show had this kid who you know who never got dressed and just wore like a orange swimsuit around all the time and had this creepy muppety sort of sea monster with him and the the game that's based on it is pretty simple uh, it's just a track and you're trying to get sigmund sigmund's monster yeah sigmund back to the shack um, but it had these really weird spaces on it that looked kind of like frog eggs and I just they're, they're just really creepy looking it almost you know almost looks uh, looks like somebody spilled a bunch of frog eggs on the on the board <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just the, the whole show is kind of creepy and weird and I think the, the game is weird but the uh, the weirdest thing is the red-headed kid who's running around in his bathing suit the whole time <laughs> <laughs> That is a weird theme in itself. We found that a lot of old 70s TV shows have been made into board games, and they're all really weird. They are weird and <laughs> awful. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, man, just whoever put the thought into these 70s board games had a weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I, went, I talked about my joking uh, number eight for a theme park. I actually looked it up. Endless Nights of Amazing Sex board game. It says, get competitive with your partner as you bring Endless Nights of Amazing Sex, the board game, into your relationship. For those with <laughs> a competitive edge. So, it says, ever dreamt of Endless Nights of Amazing Sex? Well, now you can turn that dream into reality with this amazing adult board game that will ensure you and your partner are both winners. Open the box and unleash over 400 sexy and steamy trivia questions that are guaranteed to bring a smile to everyone's face. Fully loaded with dice, trivia cards, and board game and a board game, your nights will be shining with saucy sex and tantalizing treats. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> From a stupid game like that? I don't think so. Trivia and sex. Uh, so bad. So bad. <laughs> I don't even want to read it anymore. I'm not embarrassed. I'm just like, this is so dumb. <laughs> is, is it sex edition? Is the whole thing like laminated? It's easily cleanable. Yeah, yeah, probably. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Comes with a pair of rubber gloves. <laughs> and some and some Lysol. All right. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, well, of- since I'm on this site and we've <laughs> got some interesting games. So, Kurt, I just got to know. Yeah. First of all, very disappointed. There is no rating for that game on Board Game Geek. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Secondly, I would love to see any game that has uh, disinfectant and possibly uh, penicillin as stretch goals on their Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're going to start their own pandemic there. Um <laughs> <laughs> they got uh what else do we have so basically the same guys that made that other game have a game that looks like monopoly but it's called monogamy it's <laughs> <laughs> a game for lovers yep bored of playing scrabble and pictionary with your partner try something a little risque and exciting put your phones on silent close your curtains and prepare for adult for an adult board game that will lead to the sexiest scoring you've had in years. This is amazing! <laughs> this product description, A for effort, people. A for effort. Monogamy Hot Affair with Your Partner is a naughty board game for couples that will add the extra spark to a relationship that you thought was never there. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to know what they have for solo games. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> You do not. 
This oh. website is amazing. Kurt will be ordering later. Oh! <laughs> oh, butt plug! Ah! We're getting out of this website. <laughs> butt plug the board game. <laughs> plug, plug the butt, you win! Yeah, I was gonna say, I won! won. No, you didn't. It hurts, <laughs> but I win! That's like that pie face game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it is it really? Just play the Jeopardy music until it goes off. Oh my god! Oh, oh that's great. horrible! <laughs> I'm so glad I found that website. Oh, that was great. All right, that was that was stupid as weird games. <laughs> All right. That was uh, Top 8 Board Games at Theme Parks. Um, I hope you had a lot of fun. I uh, would like to really like to thank Ray and Kim and Dan for coming on. Uh, Ray, thanks for coming on. As, as your first episode, it's been wonderful. And I, we really yes. appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a blast. And uh, I'm going to go see if I can find some of those weird games. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the butt plugs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to try to modify my pie face game. (laughs) God. Exactly. And uh, as always, Kim and Dan, thanks for coming on and uh, um, helping us have another fun uh, episode. Always a blast, man. Yeah, you bet. Um, So as always, check out the Gaming Nonsense Uncensored Gaming Podcast. Um, It's on Podbean. You can find it at anywhere that free apps are sold for podcasts. You can basically find them. Um, go listen to them, rate them. It's a great podcast to listen to. They really put their heart into every review that they talk about and stuff like that. In any game, they give a nice detailed explanation of it, and we always thank them for coming on. And um, check out talesofcardboard.com. It's a fun little website. Um, it's a, basically fake news on board games, but it's got a fun little twist. It's very funny. Um, we've used it here, and we'll use it again. So. Oh, is uh, it like The Onion? Yeah, that's actually... Um didn't realize that when we first started doing it, but then a bunch of people started uh, tweeting us and saying, hey, this is a great board game onion. That's awesome. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is totally fine, yeah. Awesome. Oh, no, it's, it's really fun, so I, I implore everyone to check it out. So, um, again, thanks everybody for coming on. Uh, we're going to be talking about IPs. Um, we're going to have a couple of special guests on to talk about that. should be a lot of fun. Um, again... Go check out some of our previous episodes um, coming here in the f- uh, in the future. We're going to be having our Kickstarter spotlight on starving artists from Fairway Three Games. Um, so check that out soon. And um, uh, also a couple of things you can do is uh, rate us on iTunes, rate us on Stitcher. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we're at, at MFGCast on Twitter. We're, we have a MFGCast Facebook page, so if you want to join that, get on, get in on the conversation. If you want to get a hold of us, it's MFGCast3 at gmail.com. And again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care.